One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk. Otis winning Money in the Bank is ace. I am Luke, and this is El Faker. I'm sorry, this side is El Faker Laurie Blake. Welcome to the Money in the Bank 2020 review show here over at Wrestle Talk's YouTube channel. Please give us a subscribe if you're brand new to this channel. Get your comments in down below. Get in your cert, 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 super chats in because we'll be reading those out throughout the show. And we're going to kick things off by talking about what I feel is I've seen a lot of people kind of down on this a little bit. I've seen a lot of people down on the fact that Otis won Money in the Bank, including our own Randy Andy Datsun, who said, what, Otis is going to beat Braun with the Caterpillar? And I'm mm. like, wait, have we all forgotten that The Rock's finishing move was an elbow drop and it was one of the most over things of the Attitude Era? Exactly. And like you said, the worm as well was awesome. Everyone loved the worm, like, you know. Yeah, everyone loves the worm. Um, and do you know what, like, so... To, you know, we're going to be positive about the show because I actually really enjoyed Money in the Bank. I thought it was a oh, really yeah. terrific show. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the match, although it had its problems once they got to the final level, once it got to the roof zone, was, mm-hmm. wasn't quite as good. It wasn't quite as fun as like the first sort of mm-hmm. two thirds of it. Uh, I thought the show overall, I mean, it flew by. It was like less than two and a half hours. It was like oh, a takeover show. Um, <laughs> getting into that main event, you and I were like, there's... There's still like two hours left of this runtime. This match mm. cannot go two hours. I'm not going to get a full movie out of this. Um, so kind said of- it's, it's about half an hour, I think. Like, I've, I've okay. literally just rewatched it on the network, and you can see that the runtime towards the end is it's half an hour from sort of the moment that the entrances stop and Asuka yeah. jumps off the uh, the balcony, the mezzanine. Right. <laughs> the mezzanine. <laughs> so to put kind of put some of the you know the negative side of this to one side, which we'll get into, you know, when we review the the match. Aside from how he won it, which was, you know, he was ha- it was handed to him, which was foreshadowed by AJ at the start of the match when he said, you're the luckiest man on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I am quite on board with Otis being the Money in the Bank winner. It's something way different. Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the thing. Is like, I think everyone criticizes WWE very often for not going with public opinion at the time that they should have done it. 
And this is on the zeitgeist. This is the right, you know, this is a guy who I think has been one of the more popular segments on SmackDown for a long time. Like, you know, I think the WrestleMania match with uh, Dolph was like, that felt like a kind of seminal moment for Otis. So it's good to capitalize on that at the next pay-per-view and do something big with it. And like, you know, that, that I think Dolph Ziggler, Mandy Rose, Otis, Sonya, all of that stuff has been some of the most engaging stuff on SmackDown, which I guess isn't saying much. <laughs> you know, SmackDown hasn't been amazing. Yeah. Um, but if that is your, if that technically apart from the fiend is your top story, definitely mm-hmm. go with it. Like if you, you know, if you're going to give the, the briefcase to someone go with someone who is really hot right now and, and someone who i think also if they just elevated him into a main event picture without a briefcase people wouldn't buy it but i think if, yeah. you, if you give the luckiest guy alive the briefcase people can buy into that story it's a good way to position somebody further up the card than you necessarily would have otherwise like it, i think it would take a lot to build otis up to taking on someone like Braun, if that is where they're going to go with it. You know, it, it might have even taken a lot to reposition heavy machinery just as like tag team competitors going after the New Day or whatever, because it's so much of the focus has been on getting Mandy, like, you know, Otis wooing Mandy Rose. <laughs> so like, I think this is a really good shortcut to being like, okay, well now they're back to being kind of competitors and in the in the main sort of scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's um like it presents us with various different avenues to go down here as well. Mm. So like you've got Otis could potentially try and cash in on Braun Strowman and you know potentially become Universal Champion. I think that's kind of like the least likely option here. Mm-hmm. You have got the option that he cashes in and Dolph Ziggler ruins it to further their feuds. You know, which adds some real good heel heat onto Dolph and poor old Otis. We feel more sorry for them than we already do. It presents another option that Otis could put the contract on the line or it gets stolen away from him in a Mr. Kennedy type situation where, you know, Dolph or whoever it is, a dastardly heel, steals the money in the bank contract from him. Or option four is what he kind of talked about with Digital Spy over the weekend. I believe it was Digital Spy anyway, over the weekend where he said that if he won, he would cash it in on the tag champs so that he and Tucker could become the tag team champions. Of those four options, that one's the one I'm least interested in, like them cashing in for the tag titles, because let's be honest, the tag titles mean diddly dick. Like, you know, that's why the revival are gone, because Mm. they don't mean anything. I'd much rather him try and cash in and fail than cash in for the tag titles and succeed. Well, you you add another layer there as well, because if he's promised to cash it in for Tucky, and then if he doesn't, Tucky has a legitimate reason to be like, well, I'm breaking up heavy machinery and I'm turning heel and I'm going to come after you now because yeah. you screwed me. Yeah, totally. So like there's there's quite a few options that you can go down here. And that for me is like, that's quite fun and exciting for a Money in the Bank winner. Like I'm way more into Otis winning than I was Brock winning last year or Braun winning. Was it the year before that that Brock won, the 2018 one? Um, yeah. I'm way into that more than I am some of the previous winners that we've had over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it's interesting because we we were trying to, you know, in the predictions video, me, Adam and Ollie were trying to work out who was going to win by whether or not we thought it suited them. And being like, you know, Alistair Black holding the briefcase doesn't really make sense with his entrance. Like AJ makes sense to have the briefcase, but then AJ is also AJ. AJ could ask for a, a championship opportunity and probably someone would just go yeah king corbin mm-hmm. seemingly finds them whenever he wants anyway like he's always in a in a big feud so like, I, I think just daniel bryan also is someone who will just 
appear in that position and no one would bat an eyelid. So Otis actually probably does make the most sense beyond Rey Mysterio because I feel like Rey Mysterio could do with that lift as well from the briefcase. But like, yeah, giving it to Otis is an outside choice. It's a surprise for people. It goes with a storyline that has been really popular. And, you know, WWE seemingly, I think at this point more than ever, need to just go with what draws viewers. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Otis is a draw. Completely agree. And you know what? Like, you know, I can have some of this humble pie because on the SmackDown review that I did with Randy Andy Datsun um, on uh, Saturday was that I, I said from the SmackDown side of things, no one felt like a credible winner because mm-hmm. Corbin is like mid-card as mid-card can get. Um, Brian, as you just sort of said, doesn't really need the the briefcase. And we've already sort of done that program with, with Bray already this mm-hmm. year. Um but like Otis, I kind of like just instantly dismiss because I'm like, it's Otis. Yeah. But as soon as Otis won, I'm like, oh my god, that makes so much more sense. I'm and really I'm, annoyed. I'm an, like, I'm an idiot. Yeah, and I'm an idiot for not really thinking that, right? So like, mm. yeah, I I thought it was. I really like the fact that Otis is the Money in the Bank contract winner, and uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see what they go with it next. Our other winner. Well, actually, before we get into that, I do think the way that he won was quite stupid, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's difficult because it's like you set up the rules of the match and then it, it, it's kind of playing with the vagaries of like, we've never really discussed what happens in these situations before. So like, it's one of those ones where it just raises more questions and answers and that kind of gets a bit annoying. Like I, I kind of, I kind of wish in, in, we were saying it last night, I think one of the things that was the benefit of pre-taping it was that you could have done everything with multiple takes and you yeah. could have made this, you know, we could have gone really ham on this final scene and done the whole, like, Corbin and AJ pulled off the ladder at the same time. Elias hits Corbin off. Corbin falls forward, pushing AJ off and falls backwards himself. That unhooks the briefcase. So no one has had the briefcase in their hands, like, unhooked yet. And then we see it slow-mo tumble through the air, <laughs> like the bouquet at a wedding, and it lands in Otis's hands. And then mm. he could be like, oh, and you can do like you know him realizing that he's the winner and stuff, but yeah, I don't I don't know why. Once we got to the roof specifically, it was like we're going to have to film this like it's a one take wrestling match rather than just being like this. Clearly needed about six shots and just a yeah. bit of coverage and a bit of a st- like. And, and I think in other areas of it as well, like something to establish that moment because um, I think the moment works. I just think the way like we've already seen Corbin and AJ holding it, so now we've got the that confusing, annoying wrestling thing where people are going to come out and go, well, I was holding it, and they, but I was also holding it. And then, you know, that per- we'll do the carousel of people coming through the door saying, well, I want that world title shot now. I want the world title shot. And I just, yeah, that that is just peak wrestling, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's it. We talked about, like, you know, the people that could come out and try and challenge Otis for that briefcase. Corbin is one of those guys. Because, so, like, if you haven't seen the show, the finish was... AJ and Baron Corbin were at the top of the ladder and AJ unhooked the briefcase while Corbin was sort of holding onto it. And they sort of then were like tussling over who wins it. From out of nowhere, Elias appears and he hits Corbin with a guitar and Corbin falls off. AJ celebrates for a little bit, then gets Butterfingers and drops it. And there's a a one second pause where as Corbin falls, AJ's definitely holding the briefcase and he goes, whoop, 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 and yeah. it falls into Otis's hands. And it's like, well, he had, and then Cole comes in for the first time in the match. Oh no, sorry, well, second time after the Asker win and says, oh yeah, because Otis has control of the briefcase, he has won the match. 
which is nonsense, right? Yeah. Like that is absolutely nonsense because like this is how Brock won last year because mm-hmm. Brock was in control of the briefcase at the end of the match. Your so like in a match. <laughs> I, well, wait, I know, well, that's my point. So like, you know, what are the rules? Well, so the argument to be made here is that this is at least a step in the right direction from last year, isn't it? Because we're, yeah. we're a guy who was in a match won the briefcase. Uh, yeah. You might not have been the person to unhook it. Yeah, and I, I think like we were saying yesterday, there's like I think there's a lot of stuff. I think all the I think the, it's really positive that Otis won. I think it all makes sense. I like the idea that it's kind of lucky. Um, but yeah, there could have been some other. There's, I think there's other ways of freight like filming that that would have just made it less confusing for fans and, and le- less open to criticisms like, well, you know, AJ was holding it. Unless they're going to do something really good with AJ having held it for a second and AJ comes out and he's the one to cost Otis. Yeah. Um, you know, but that would involve him moving to SmackDown. Exactly, yeah, because they're on opposite brands. Like, So, I, I mean, I figured, particularly after watching SmackDown on, Saturday, on Friday night, that they were going to do a reinforced ladder thing because Otis tried to climb the ladder and he broke the rungs as he was trying to do it. He then did the same thing at Money in the Bank, which is why... But then the bizarre thing is, and it's on this thumbnail, the photo of him winning is actually him standing on the ladder. Yeah. So was the ladder... Did the ladder break or not? Like, could he not yeah. climb up a ladder or what? Like, it's just, it's, it's so it asks a lot of que- like ask a lot of questions rather than answer them. And yeah. like, that's what I mean. He's like, but also like, he goes into a match knowing he can't stand on a ladder. Yeah, and he doesn't bring a ladder. Like, he doesn't bring a ladder he can use. He doesn't bring anything to get it down himself. He was literally in a match with no way of winning. Yeah, and, and no plan. To reiterate the point. AJ Styles did not win this match because of Butterfingers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a bit pants, right? Like, that's not cool. Like, that's not a good thing. Uh, so I thought that was quite lame. And it reminded me of, I can't remember the exact pay-per-view this is, but it was in TNA. Mm-hmm. They had a um, uh, an Ultimate X match. So if you've not seen or, or didn't watch TNA back in the day, uh, the Ultimate X match was that there's this sort of X structure. Like There's these four things, and there's ropes going across creating an X. And there's a sort of an X that's in the middle of the ring that you have to shimmy up and then you have to shimmy across the ropes, unhook the X and you win. If you've got hold of the X, you have won the match. They had one, I think it was like 2006, maybe 2007 or so, where the X just kept falling down during the match. Like because they were doing bumps on the match, it would shake the thing, shake the structure, the X would fall down and the Mm. crowd would laugh. And in the end, it happened like three or four times that sort of stopped the match while the people get a ladder in to rehook it back up live on pay-per-view. And in the end, PD was booked to win the match. So when it fell for the last time, PD just stood underneath it and caught it. And they were like, Do you know what? We cannot get this bloody thing to stay up there. Pete won. And they were just <laughs> declared Pete Williams the winner. And everyone thought that was absolute bobbins and total nonsense. And they only did that because they had no other way of keeping that X up there. And yet here we are in WWE, a much bigger company, many years later, who are just like, no, those are the rules now. If you drop it and someone catches it, and I say that those are the rules now, it's how Carmella won. James Ellsworth unhooked it and gave it to her and she was declared the winner. So I guess there's precedent for it. Yeah, like, it's just it's just not a nice clean finish, is it? It, it just yeah, like, like I think like we said, it raises more questions than answers. And I just yeah, I kind of would have liked to have seen it filmed a different way because I, I do think I do think the story makes perfect sense and it's a really good story to tell. Like the fact that he lucked into it, but you could do it in a way that like AJ and Corbin would still have a claim to winning because they were up there holding it. 
but they never took it off the hook. And then mm. we, we, we fit, we film it. So it comes off the hook while they're getting knocked down. And then Otis catches it. I just think anyone holding it for any period of time, the bell should have rung. Yeah. Like that's what I could, that's kind of how I like, you know, AJ, that second that Corbin was knocked off and AJ was there, the bell should have rung because AJ was holding it mm-hmm. and he took yeah. it down off the thing, you know, in the same way that they did at the, uh, the ladder match at Mania, wasn't it? Where the, the belts were there and they, as they sort of wrenched apart, they were left holding the belts. Like you mm. know, there's that, I think that like that kind of moment works really nicely, but you have to have that clear sort of, only yeah. one person has touched this. Um, and AJ clearly held it for slightly too long. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm fully on board with Otis winning. I'm just not fully on board with how he won. Like, I, I felt like he should have been given that moment of climbing the ladder and unhooking it himself and holding it aloft, as opposed to AJ Styles losing because of Butterfingers, which is, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, so I would the, have liked to see him, like, I would have liked to see him use his brains as well. Like, you know, yeah. I kind of would have liked to see the fact that, like, and I think it's one of the things that if I was going to go back and be like, this is how I would have pitched the match. I think they should have had commentary in the match. I think it, like, I think it would have worked. And I, th- I get they were sort of going for the film. Thing. I think commentary would have worked. And they could have played up like, oh, no, the ladder's broken underneath Otis's feet. He can't climb the ladder. That means he can't win, right? Mm. And then they could have done something like Otis picking up the ladder and knocking the title down to himself and catching it. Yeah, something like something like that, where it's like, oh, he's actually smarter than you think, rather than just being like, oh, again, he's really dumb. <laughs> like he he almost lost the match because he got stuck in catering. Yeah, you know, there was a point at which he was just going to eat pie instead of going to the roof. <laughs> that's the point of this as well. Is that like for all those people who are just saying like, you know, the way that Otis won it, you know, us 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 included, really, the way that Otis won is nonsense and it's really silly. The whole match was silly. Oh, it was like, so good. This, yeah, I loved it. This was a this was a match that featured a food fight. This was a match that featured um, people apologizing to Vince McMahon and putting his office back together. This was a match. Where a Dana, bow. <laughs> this is a match where Dana Brooke thought she won because she unhooked like a light shade. This mm-hmm. is this is a match that Dana Brooke eliminated herself from because she slipped on a wet floor. This is a match where The Undertaker got locked in uh, The Undertaker's sauna or whatever that room was. Mm. This match was full of nonsense. Yeah, and so, like, and, and so like the Otis winning by it being dropped into his hands, it's almost par for the course, really. This is a match where two people died. Like yeah. Baron Corbin committed homicide in this. He threw two yeah, men off the roof. That, that's another. That's another bit of it where I was like, "That's a that's a really cool." I think throwing two people off the roof is really cool, but establish that that is the edge of the roof for God's sake. Like, do something where you're like, and again, where commentary would have been really useful in this match is so as Corbin grabs Ray and they're battling on the edge. Like, maybe use the drone, like the drone or the helicopter, or whatever you're filming with get a close shot of them on the edge of the roof having a battle and then have commentary go, they can't do that. They can't. And then Ray goes over and then you can have that that weird silent commentary they like to do when something really dramatic happens and someone just goes, I, I can't believe that. <laughs> and then throw Alistair Black over as well. Why not? Yeah. Like, so the other winner of this, before we get into the full play-by-play, uh, was Asuka. She, uh, the sort of final three for them was Asuka, Lacey Evans, and Nia Jax. Uh, I had predicted that Nia was going to win this because they'd already done the Asuka-Becky program this year. So I thought they might go in a different direction. But hey, massively chuffed for Asuka. I think she's been so entertaining on Raw. I think she's a great character. I think she'll be a great Money in the Bank holder. She was one of the best things in this whole match. She was oh, so she was funny, hilarious. so entertaining. 
So yeah, I am. I'm all for Asuka winning as well. Yeah, I think I think the Asuka win was the one I was actually really hoping for. Like I, I, I in my head, I was it was between Asuka and Baszler, and weirdly Baszler wasn't even in the picture at the end, uh, mm-hmm. which I think was a bit odd. But the Asuka win, I think, I think the fact that it was it was really structured around Asuka being clever and like Asuka sort of outsmarting people at the beginning by uh, being Asuka, getting in the lift run like being ahead of the pack the whole way and then yeah that sort of mad scramble at the end she comes out on top yeah. i thought it was weird when, when corbin gets on the ladder and he was like no i was like no what like no don't get the women's money in the bank briefcase down yeah, or exactly. what do you what do you want <laughs> well that's why i figured that Asuka wasn't winning like when yeah. corbin stopped her for no reason A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Timothy Beatty says, AJ foreshadowed the end of the match by calling Otis the luckiest man in the world. So we were, we were talking about that earlier in this show. We also talked about it on the live stream last night. Uh, Joe Nero West says, Asuka, it's about time. Um, I mean, we said that at TLC 2018. It's about time that, that Asuka is getting this moment. And fortunately, it didn't last as long as we liked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe also adds, uh, as a reminder, Asuka is now a Money in the Bank winner, a Royal Rumble winner, former SmackDown Women's Champion, Tag Team Champion, and NXT Champion. Just one more left to go. Mm-hmm. 
a true, true uh, Grand Slam champion. Darren Moody, AJ goes to SmackDown, wins the briefcase off Otis so he can finally win the Universal title and make SmackDown less boring. Possible. Uh, Austin Sassy says, at least Otis was in the match, unlike Brock Lesnar. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jerry the Hero says, what I don't understand is why Corbin tried to stop Asuka, but like to, but I like to think that he wants to pull the briefcase down first and Asuka misunderstood. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like if he used different words there, it would have made more sense, wouldn't it? If he just said, um, I'll just let me do mine first. Mm. So like, so like, get out of the way, I need to do this one first. And then she kicks him off the ladder so she can get hers. Like that would have made more sense. But just going, no, <laughs> no. Uh, Kane says, next year, the whole roster should be in the match. I mean, what's to stop them? What's to stop Elias from trying to win the uh, the Money in the Bank this year? Mm. Uh, James Williams said, how did AJ drop it? He's wearing gloves. Mm. An excellent point. Uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad said, a lot of people think Dolph will co uh, cost Otis the cash-in, myself included. What if it's Tucky that costs him instead so WWE can break up heavy machinery? I like that so much more. I, I think mm. that's got so many more. I think that, I think Otis and Dolph should be done now. I think that's... Yeah, the WrestleMania match was the end of the sitcom. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're on to the next thing with Otis now. Like We're on to the sequel. Yeah, uh, Omega Works says Money in the Bank rules change more than Big Show turns face and heel. Uh, OT, uh, O2 Tenka said, when Asuka and Nia were fighting, I wanted Asuka to win so bad. When, and then I thought, what if Nia goes for the men's briefcase? Why? Because reasons. Love Asuka. Uh, and Ben Isaacs for now says, AJ Styles' bad luck dropping the briefcase would have made sense if he was the one that broke the mirror, oh, not yeah. Baron Corbin. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Ben nailed that one, mate. Yeah, that would have been really, that would have made a load of sense. Yeah, absolutely. But there's um, probably some stuff they cut out of this. You know, they, they, said, they said there was a bunch of stuff they filmed for the match that got cut out. So some yeah. of the, I think some of the bits that don't make sense, probably because the scene that re was later relevant to it just got taken out completely. We need to see that director's cut. Let's do our little play-by-play -play now. The kickoff show didn't have a whole lot going on, but it did have a pretty decent match between Cesaro and Jeff Hardy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, there was a whisper in the wind spot in this where Jeff landed really hard on Cesaro's knee, and we thought there might be some problems there. And Cesaro sold it like an absolute champion, like, you know, pulled down the, the, the protective brace and everything. But Jeff hit the swanton for the win. Decent match, I thought this was. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought I, I enjoyed especially Cesaro just dumping jeff onto the uh, barricade at like full velocity just yeah off you go goodbye <laughs> yeah there was a, there was a lot of um and, oh, and he slammed him into the apron as well and but jeff just ran into it full speed and it yeah. just it just didn't budge and it, it, there was no give in that yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was i thought it was a really good little match um cesaro just has really good little matches doesn't he yeah. Uh, New Day versus Lucha House Party versus Miz and Morrison versus the Forgotten Sons was up next for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I absolutely loved the eight-man tag that they had on SmackDown. And yeah, I was uh, super stoked for this as well. And this was, you know, a lot of fun. Really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those things where I am still in the camp of I don't like four corners tag matches. 
I don't like the tag rule because it gets completely confusing for everyone to keep track of by the end because inevitably there are seven to eight blind tags in the last five minutes and so you don't know who's legal. Um, but yeah, I think they, made, they had a really good run of this. I enjoyed Forgotten Sons. They put a good showing in here. Uh, I think the highlight for me was the Spanish fly onto the pile, which was yeah, just totally. incredible. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, it was a good little match. Really fun. Yeah, I thought the Forgotten Sons were, were really good in this, actually. I thought they were good. They got a lot of shine in this match. They got a lot of moments to really show off what they can do. Um, there was they, get a game, a lot, they get a lot out of Jackson Riker. Well, I mean, they got a couple. Like, yeah, yeah, as you said, like on the stream last night, he had two interference spots, and then the ref threw him out. Although that then does raise the question, because Michael Cole on commentary did say, it, there's no DQ in this match. Mm. So what would have happened if Riker hadn't obeyed the yeah. ref's rules? Like Why he's not, he have they to leave? Yeah. they're not going to get DQ'd. So it kind of raises those questions like that doesn't particularly make a lot of sense. Um, but the uh, biggie hit the big ending for the win, uh, pinning one of, uh, I think it was um, Grand Matalik of the Lucha House Party. So kind of sucks for him because he had a really good showing in this. I, I thought it was, uh, you know, as four corner tag matches go, which like you, I've, I've got my issues with, Oh, this was a, a, a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just I, I think if you're going to go full chaos, which it always becomes anyway, just make it tornado because you know yeah. at least then no one has to keep no one has to be like and Daly and and him and him like just be like anyone going for a pin is going to win like yeah. Uh, before we get on with the rest of the review, uh, I did want to make a quick announcement. It actually has been uh, pushed onto social media already. So if you have been on Twitter, you will have known. Do you know who we've got on Quizzlemania this week? I do. On Quizzlemania this week, myself is on the show. So, of course, I am. I've got nothing else to do on a Wednesday night other than hang out with my wife, which I'm, you know, she's thrilled about that I keep uh, missing all these Wednesday evenings together. Uh, Ollie Davis is making his return to Quizzlemania. Well, the Sean... be broken. <laughs> yeah. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful is back to defend his championship. And we are joined by... Former WWE star No Way Jose will be on the show. We're really, really excited to have Jose uh, on the uh, on Quizlemania. We're going to be doing it for charity because Pete Quinnell is going to become Smooth Pete. Smooth Chopper. Smooth Chopper as he's going to shave off his beard. And if we hit our uh, charity targets, we will be uh, looking... Uh, well, he, I say we're looking. He is going to be shaving off his eyebrows. He's going to look super super weird he's mm. not had uh not sort of no facial hair for a long long time uh, oh, yeah. so it's going to be really really bizarre so yes this coming wednesday uh quizzlemania it's going to be myself ollie davis sean rossap and former wwe star no way jose with pete shaving his beard and eyebrows for charity it's going to be a lot of fun we're really really excited God, uh, if pete shaves his beard and eyebrows he's going to look like he's just left the matrix it's going to be awful <laughs> So, yeah, so uh, the, the link will be going up later on today. Check the social media channel, set notifications. It's going to be a fun, fun time. Speaking of fun, fun time, up next was a match that, man, how did this even end up on pay-per-view? Um, Truth versus MVP. Um, mm -hmm. So they come out, they did some comedy, and Truth, well, the, the match never happens while it was on pay-per-view um, because Bobby Lashley comes out. And Bobby Lashley effectively says to um, uh, MVP that he wants the match instead. And Lashley then, well, okay, so the match is set up. This was really funny. The comedy they did beforehand wasn't great, but the way that this match was set up was brilliant because Lashley comes out and says, I want the match instead. And Truth goes to sort of like 
you know, show him that there's no one in the audience. And in the process, accidentally slaps Bobby Lashley, which angers Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley beats him up, hits the spear for his squash win. But the setup of it was very, very funny. But and you know, it's just more squash action for uh, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I just, it's just a, it's, it was just a very weird setup for. I, I don't know if it means that there's going to be some connection between MVP and Bobby Lashley as well. Like, was that MVP's trump card to have Lashley in the back and like call him out, and then because he was like, you know, MVP take a night off, and then he wants a piece of our truth here. So I don't know whether that's going to set up those two working together at all. Mm-hmm. Which I think might be quite a good pair. I think Bobby Lashley's good with a mouthpiece. I think big damn clan. Yeah, I, and yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I do wonder because the the R Truth bit was just bonkers. Like him coming out, <laughs> him coming out and doing his whole entrance with no one saying what's up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the, the people, the camera, the video guy say what's up, what's up, and that yeah, that was painfully drawn out. And then the. The ball a bit was not ace. No, and then, and then it sort of turned around once uh, Lashley arrived. Like, yeah, I was I was more into it from that point. But yeah, same here. Really didn't need to be on the pay per view. No, it, it really didn't. Uh, yeah, so Lashley picked up the win here, and then later on in the show, uh, Truth announced uh, told uh, Charlie Caruso that he is going to get back his twenty four seven championship from Tom Brady. Uh, so we are back to square one with that bloody belt. Um, the it's the crap title of WWE that just it's never ending. I think Truth has done you know it did wonders for him last whatever it was, whenever the belt sort of came in and he did all this stuff with Drake Maverick. But that title needs to either go away or move on to something new because at the moment it's just a, it's just the truth belt and well, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty bored of it now. Well, then, yeah, that's the thing. It's a really good comedy belt, but the, they wrote one joke for it and they just <clears> did that joke to death until Drake Maverick turned up and said, why don't we do this joke? And yeah. Like, oh, that's a good joke. And then he came out with a couple of jokes in the process of that and that was all really fun. And then they just went, okay, cool, that's done. So... Back to roll-ups then, I guess. Back it is. Um, speaking of roll-ups, uh, up next for the SmackDown Women's Championship, we had Bailey versus Tamina, a match that was way better than it had any right to be um, because Tamina's not that great, has never really been that great. You know, she's been with the company now for, God, no, it feels like centuries she's been with the company doing absolutely nothing of note. And she didn't really do a lot of note in here either. Like she, she was sort of quite slow in the match, like to particularly when it got to the finale. God, she's Bailey isn't she? Yeah, yeah I think, I think, yeah, I think what was good about this match was the fact that um, I think Bailey and Sasha approached it with the right psychology, and I think Tamina played off them really well, and I think that worked really nicely. I think the, you know, they did the classic chopping down the the, the stronger person. Uh, working over the leg but they also I just think they just did the sort of mean girl angle really well here like kind of like the psychological torment of going up against chatty bailey and banks and I think that just made the match work really nicely and then yeah the finish when it actually came down to sort of a a more physical aspect of the of the match and 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 having to sell the kind of dynamic with bailey and sasha to me literally couldn't keep up Mm-hmm. And that is what made the finish so sloppy. Like, yeah, totally. she couldn't, like, couldn't even roll backwards into a crucifix pin. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, she was very slow around the match, and it really made the the finish look quite bad. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which is a shame because there were some business I really liked. Like when she went to throw that super kick and Bailey caught her in the knee bar, I thought that was mm-hmm. wicked. There was some really good stuff in, in this. And as I said at the start, this match was way better than it had any right to be. And yeah, I, overall, aside from the finish, I kind of dug it. Yeah, I was, I was actually, I was won over by the match. I, I went into it with uh, zero expectation and came out of it thinking that was actually a pretty, like, that was a really good show. That was probably one of the best Tamina showings I've seen in a long time. Oh, it's easily the greatest match she's ever had. <laughs> and yeah, I thought it was, you know, I've not been overly wow. I, well, we've said, we said on the stream, I, I just don't think that Bailey and Banks have really had anything to do. Um, but I think the pairing shone through here. And I think the, you know, I think, like we said, the only issue with the pairing of Bailey and Banks is all anyone is doing is waiting. Mm-hmm. for them to have that match. And I feel like maybe four years ago is when WWE should have just got it out of the way so people stopped thinking about it because yeah. it just it just looms over everything that they do. And so mm-hmm. all, all I'm doing is going like, well, why Tamina instead of just doing these two having their match? Like, let just get to the match. <laughs> we'll get there when we get to SummerSlam. Uh, right, up next... I really, really enjoyed this. Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman for the Blue Universal Championship. Very, very simple story in this one. Braun is super strong. Bray is creepy AF. And he knows Braun's weakness, which is running into things. So he used that to great effect. Mm. And then there was just beautiful character stuff all around this. There was a moment when sort of Bray got almost like powered up by Huskers the Pig Bear at ringside and he's yelling at Braun you're making me do this you made me do this they had a moment when Bray was on top and Braun sort of emerges wearing the black sheep mask that has been sort of like central to the start of this feud and they had the thing where it looked like that Braun had come back into the family and all the puppets like Abby and Mercy were at ringside being like he's home you've brought him home well done Bray he's going to be so happy in reference to the fiend and uh and then it turned out that Braun was faking all along, stamped on the mask, hit the power slam for the win. But I thought this was full of character work. I thought this was a nice first chapter in this feud. Because I said it like on the SmackDown podcast on Saturday, I think there is still a lot more to this feud that can be mined from given their history. I feel like they've only just scratched the surface. And this is a good first step to get to the Braun versus Fiend match, which is way more interesting. Oh, absolutely. And this is it's a goddamn masterclass in losing nothing in defeat. Like, the, that, I think that's what's brilliant about the sort of... The, the, like, I think the sending Bray to the ring is a really brilliant idea because, one, it's so nice to see him be the flip side character to the Fiend. Like, the Fiend is obviously terrifying. And then to have Bray come out and go to the commentators like, you're doing a good job, no matter what anyone says. Like, all that kind of stuff. Like, getting knocked over by Braun and going like, wow, you're really strong. Like, there were so many great, like, Brayisms in this match. But I also just really love the... Because there's this point where he starts hurting Braun and he's like, I don't want to do this. Because it all... The psychology just makes perfect sense because he said, I don't want... I, I asked The Fiend not to have... I asked The Fiend so that I would have this match. So we, he wouldn't hurt you. Mm. So he wouldn't come out here and destroy you. So I came out to try to bring you home in almost in a non-violent fashion, but you're trying, you're now forcing me to be violent because yeah. you're resisting. Um, I just, I, and it just makes that whole brilliant bit make sense. It, it lines up with this idea that they're going to have Fiend versus Braun down the line. Bray loses nothing in the loss because 
Bray isn't the power source anymore. Bray isn't like, you know, uh, cult leader era Bray is the, you know, he was meant to be the monster that he said he was. Whereas Bray now is the spokesperson for the monster. He is the, you know, I'm the the kind of like uh, the opposite side, the, the angel on the shoulder rather than the devil on the shoulder. And here is the match where they're trying to reconcile their differences through ideally just bringing him home. He wants to eat like the, the big, the big finale of this match is he wants a hug. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I love it. I just thought it was so good. And uh, yeah, I think Braun was really good in this as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Credit to Braun. I thought he was good. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think, um, cause I haven't, I didn't, didn't necessarily enjoy the just play with your puppet stuff from yeah. SmackDown before this, but I thought here, all the stuff that was sort of, said between them and all the moments and the using the sheet mask were really smart choices and they, I, yeah I, I just think um in a match in which you everyone knew that Bray was going to lose going into it I think I don't think anyone on our team predicted that uh Bray was going to win um yeah I think in in that situation you just like they just did it perfectly yeah, I thought they absolutely nailed this. And you know, right at the end of the match, when sort of Bray's in the corner, we got very much a overt thing saying, by the way, uh, the Fiend is coming up. Like, the Fiend is going to come in. Because, like, you know, the Fiend's now upset that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that Bray lost this, you know, in the sort of, like, crazy psychological world that, that Bray has found himself in. You can find out more about that in an excellent three-part series on uh, called Explained over on Parts Fun Known. Um, our mods will be putting a link to that in the, uh, in the chat, so go and watch all three parts of that because they're excellent, excellent stuff. Um, and for the WWE Championship, we had champ Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins with his brand new entrance. Mm-hmm. Love it. It fits him so well. It's a, it's a really good little entrance, that. Um, and I, yeah, I just think, like, yeah, like you said, the burn it down thing doesn't work for him anymore. So I feel like the kind of uh, messianic music, the sort of slow walk to the ring, all of that sort of lapping up the applause and the adura- uh, adulation mm. really works for the character. Yeah, I thought it was a really, really wicked presentation. I've seen a few people say that it's almost too similar to Bailey's, which I kind of, you know, I, I, I get that, but I think it really works for Seth. Uh, and I, I was a big, big fan of this. Um, we kind of joked at the start of this that you could tell this was going to go long because they they started off very, very slow, mm-hmm. uh, and it did, you know, and it got a lot, it got a decent amount of time. And these two put on a heck of a match. Really, really like this. Seth working over the knee, chopping mm-hmm. down that big tree. Um, yeah, and there was a moment when he was doing like these, these series of like running knee strikes, like he would do one off the apron, and then he would do one off the uh, the barricade, went to go and do another one, and instead Drew just caught him and just tossed him over the table. Mm. Um, I thought they'd made Drew look wicked, they made Seth look awesome. I thought this was a great match, and Drew won with the Claymore, and then interestingly, after the match shook Seth Rollins' hand. He said, that's what I wanted. I wanted someone to come in and challenge me for this belt, and that's exactly what you gave me. And Seth, almost despite of himself, shook the hand back. This was not a babyface turn. This is not like Seth is now, you know, he's gone back from being a heel. But it was interesting. I'm curious to see where they go with it next. Yeah, because it's. I, I feel like it's going to be some sort of, it's going to be a moment that he loathes himself for Seth. I think they're going to play into that, and it's going to become... Because I, I, I also feel like that this feud might not be done. I think it's a very good placeholder feud to have while you're sort of thinking about who will be next for Drew. Because you don't want to just run through the whole roster of people, like of talent now, while you're not putting on your ideal shows. So mm. I think just Seth and Drew 
for the next couple of pay-per-views is probably a really smart idea because one, they've clearly got uh, great chemistry from this match. And, and two, I think there's layers to the story they can tell here coming out of that one handshake. They can just go, they can either go with, you know, Seth has a grudging respect for Drew, but he wants to really challenge him. This pushes him to go to like uh, more corrupt places in an attempt to win, like bringing in Murphy more. Um you know, or this 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 has sort of driven Seth insane with it, and it, he's now hell bent on sort of bending Drew to his will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's, there's loads in it. I think it's great. I really, really liked this match. I thought it was good. I thought, yeah, big, big. I'm very happy for Drew to get the win as well. Big, big win for him. Which brings us to our main event, which was the Money in the Bank match, the Money in the Bonkers match that it was. <laughs> Uh, everyone got entrances in like, you know, so the women had their entrances in the lobby and just sort of like ended up being standing in a row, which was truly hilarious when uh, Carmella did the moonwalk across the squeaky floor surface. That was very <laughs> funny. You had all the lads meeting up in the gym area of the of this office, which was also really funny. This is where we got AJ saying like, you're the luckiest man on earth, Otis. Yeah. Uh, Otis and- when Ray turns up and he just goes, pretty color. <laughs> It's so good. Like he's, I, I don't know why he's. He talks like he's Grimlock from uh, yeah. <laughs> Transformers. So this was a match that featured in no particular order. Um, Asuka doing a dive off a balcony, mm-hmm. her using an elevator, and the other women not being able to get inside the elevator. It featured AJ being trapped by some uh, a barbell. Like Otis picks up this barbell weight and puts it on top of him and traps him underneath it, and. AJ is cannot move. He's stuck. He's like a turtle on his back. Mm-hmm. And he's like just asking everyone to help him as they run off. It featured a cameo from Brother Love in the toilet. It featured the the worst part of this was the Stephanie McMahon cameo. Oh, so yeah. they brawl into so that it was Dana Carmella and I think Shani Baz. It was Naya and Shayna. Oh, it was Naya and Shayna. It was Naya, Shayna, Dana, and Carmella. Uh, right. So, like, they're brawling in the hallway, and Carmella slaps Naya and goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Naya picks her up and runs her into this conference room. So, they're yeah. brawling in the conference room. They knock out, and then Shayna brings Dana in and chucks her around. Yeah. Uh, Naya and Dana have a face off. Uh, Shayna hits Naya a couple of times, goes to pull out the hair tie, and Naya just lay, like, lays her out. But as this happens, Dana smacks her with a chair. And in the moment where she's got all the other women down, Naya's on the floor unconscious seemingly, she sees that there's a money in the bank briefcase hanging above the desk. So she gets it down yeah. and acts like she's won. In which, And so they introduce Stephanie McMahon, who is definitely at home. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this was, this was filmed on someone's phone as well. Yeah, it's uh, it just didn't work at all in terms of continuity. But she says, oh, no, the, the title's on the roof, Dana. Like, what are you doing? Don't be stupid. Yeah. And her then tells her, is, tells yeah, her to her, clean up Naya. It's because like, her character is, she's a dunce. Like, mm. she's proper thick as Dana. Like, that's her character at the moment. Like as we said, like, she wipes herself out of this match by slipping on a wet floor um because this match was weird and bonkers um i also loved carmella taking off the photo of her winning money in the bank the second time around when they redid the match and smacking it over dana's head which she carried over into the next sequence because they get into this sort of like catering area where paul Heyman is eating and he's got all this like big food and the the, the two the, the group of girls and the group of guys come face to face in this sort of like they're about to have this big showdown thing 
Otis screams for a food fight. They have this big food fight. Dana shows up still wearing the picture that's been shoved over. Everyone, Ray gets squashed by Nia and Otis. And everyone just gets wiped out by food. Very, very funny stuff. Yeah, I like the fact that in this scene, you can hear Daniel Bryan when he's throwing the food going, hey, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's really good. I like, like, I, I, like, because obviously the food fight, I don't know why, like wrestling is obsessed with food fights for some reason. Um, but I like that. I like the fact that it started because Dana wearing the Carmella picture bumps into Paul Heyman, which knocks a sandwich into Otis's face. And then he goes, oh, food fight. Um, and then, yeah, it just cuts it like they're all throwing the food around. It just cuts to this moment. And just Shayna Bass has got Ray in the Kira Fuda clutch. Yeah. I was like, that's, br- that's brilliant. Like, that's yeah. great. And then um, she lets him go to get train wrecked by uh, Nia and Otis. Yeah. And so that, that was brawl. We also had a brawl between AJ and Daniel Bryan in Vince McMahon's office. And sort of Vince turns around and asks what they're doing. And they're very apologetic. And they're about to leave. And then AJ sort of nudges Daniel Bryan. He's like, we should put the chairs back. So they kind of like sheepishly go over and, and put the chairs back. And as they're leaving, Daniel Bryan's like, gives a little bow. As they- <laughs> he's, he keeps doing like the little like Japanese respect bow. It's amazing. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then when they get outside, AJ's like, you were just, you're like a proper coward in there. You <laughs> didn't do anything in it. Daniel was like, well, you made me put the chairs back. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did. And then they just carry on the fight as if nothing happened. Apparently that all came about because they wanted to do a full fight in Vince's office. Mm. Vince didn't want them to because he didn't want anyone going near the bones on the wall. Because uh, those are just actual bones. Yeah. Uh, because, bones. you know, things that you should, things that should be in a museum, but it's just owned by one billionaire, whatever. It belongs in a museum. It's, what it's, um, it's like he's got an animal crossing house. It's like, you know what I mean? It's a yeah. display in his fossils. Uh, there was also a moment when AJ was just roaming the halls, getting distracted by posters looking for Rey Mysterio. At one point, <laughs> thinking a poster of Rey Mysterio was the real Rey Mysterio. Mm. Uh, and in all of this, found an undertaker room where there was a casket in there and it was blue lighting and stuff. And he got like PSD flashbacks of the Boneyard match from Wrestlemania mm. and he sort of turns around I think he gets Black Mass by Alistair Black who then sort of like throws him and locks him in the room for a bit yeah I, like he's he looks in the room and he's like no way no way this is coming out you just hear Black coming down the hall going and he just <laughs> leathers him in the head and then yeah. shuts him in the door but like this is one of the scenes right this has to be one of the scenes that they cut out right mm. like locking AJ in the Undertaker room is definitely something that they there should have something should have happened in that room. And yeah. the next time we see AJ, he's just got out and it's fine, like and nothing's happened and it's never mentioned again. There are just a few things in this match where like stuff happens that see is like it's it's because it's given the gravitas of being important because yeah. they put they put music on this. So like there's this moment where Corbin smashes the mirror in the gym and the music goes, oh. Yeah. And he like stares into it for a second and it cuts away to a little bit of fighting and it comes back to Corbin. He's still staring into the broken mirror of this music being like, this is important. And then he just gets blindsided and the fight continues and it never comes up again that Corbin's become unlucky. I cannot stop thinking about Ben's super chat that he sent in earlier that yeah. who said it should have been AJ to want to smash the mirror and then had the bad luck of dropping the briefcase. I cannot get past that. Like that's yeah, that would have made place. perfect sense. And then yeah, and then again, like you know, should there have been something in that Undertaker room that happened to AJ that meant he couldn't win the match? Like, should everyone have done something during the match that made them not lucky enough to win it? And Otis is the only one who is like magically lucky. 
yeah. don't know. Like he's got like a halfling luck from D and D. Um, like I, it's just very, very. It was I don't know, just a lot of fun, but just so many loose ends. Yeah, just seemed like they were just doing stuff. Obviously, they were obviously just doing stuff for the sake of doing it. Um, but yeah, they just they give everything that gravitas to be like you should pay attention. This this could be important later, and then yeah. like it just doesn't come up again, and then. I kind of feel like that's why it needed commentary. Like, I feel like, you know, if you had at the moment where AJ gets locked in the room, you could be like, oh, no, this is, you know, how is AJ going to get out of this? Or um, AJ obviously is having flashbacks to being buried alive. And you could do the same thing when, when Ray and Alistair go off the roof, be like, mm. are they okay? What's happened? We, what, like, you know, yeah. something something that at least mimics the audience's questions, I think would have made it a bit more easy to comprehend those moments because i feel like we're just watching it sort of going so does this make sense do you do you expect this to make sense and i think sometimes the, the usefulness of the commentary is that like at least they can act like it doesn't make any sense as well and then you just go yeah. oh okay they, they intended for it not to make any sense yeah um so yeah so th th unfortunately the match wasn't quite as good when it got into the roof zone mm -hmm. um because they they first did the women's one which was as we kind of sort of earlier was just Asuka, Lacey and Nia Shayna Baszler got wiped out by a sort of like a powerbomb into a wall Dana Brooke took herself out I can't remember how Carmella gets taken out of the match Carmella gets put through a table uh in the catering. Yeah. yeah during the food fight section that's right so and they had a moment where Nia botches a move and they kept it in despite the fact this was quite heavily edited and quite heavily pre-taped, which makes me think they're doing it on purpose now. Like, if that's now just part of her character, that she is dangerous in the ring to anger people online. I'm, I'm guessing that's just part of her character now. Um, it's a really and, weird bit of... Like, everyone's, everyone, is, everyone is kayfabe dangerous in the ring. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretend fight. <laughs> so... Uh, and then Asuka won the match. They did have Baron Corbin try to interfere at one point, which was bizarre. And then the, the men's side of it, all six of the men got involved in the in their sort of final roof zone bit. And yeah, and during this, Baron Corbin threw Rey Mysterio off the roof and then threw Alistair Black off the roof. Now, this was a bit of a sort of point of contention in the chats when we were doing the live reactions last night. And I I'm, imagine it'll probably be sort of like point of contention here as well, which is that they didn't actually go off the roof. They just landed on the sort of like, you know, sort of like outer area of the roof. Mm -hmm. In which case, don't set up the fact that people might get thrown off the roof in promos and sort of everything leading up to this. And B, if that's the case, just show them land. Because the yeah. way that they are presenting and the way they were pushing it on social media is they were thrown off the roof. So if the other half of this is you did want to look like they were thrown off the roof, make that look good. Because what they did make it look like was pants. They just sort of like fell into darkness and just left us going like, well, did they fall off the roof? Yeah. Are they dead? Like we didn't get anything off of this. So it's like Alistair Black posted a picture of himself as a ghost on uh, on Twitter today, which makes me suggest, like makes me think he thinks he's dead. Yeah. I, I and I think what I'll come to that in a second. I think that's quite that could be quite interesting. But um, I yeah, I just again like I think. They did all these things that you would do in a TV production of like a scripted thing and then didn't do anything with it. They just, they made all these threads that they dangled and then just left them dangling. But they don't like, they're not going to go anywhere. Like Baron Corbin smashing a mirror isn't going to go, like should have gone somewhere in the match uh, if it's if you're going to make it out to be important. AJ going in the Undertaker room should have been made important in the match. The roof 
should have been made important before you do the spot because you need to know the stakes. And this is the, you know, it, you establish why, you know, you couldn't have, a, you don't set a fight on a dock and don't mm. establish that it's at a dock. You don't film it all in close up and show no water so that when they get teetering on the edge of the pier and they fall in the pier, you, so you suddenly reveal, oh, there, oh, there's a pier. I didn't realize there were a pier there. Oh God, that, there was so much more stakes to that fight than I thought. Like, you know, one shot of Baron Corbin and Rey Mysterio tussling on the edge of the roof and then he throws him over and then you don't have to show the landing. You can just hear the sound effect. You at least establish then the idea that Rey Mysterio might have just tumbled all the way to the ground and to his death. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, it, it was just, it was very shunkily done. And yeah. I kind of mentioned this on the, the live stream last night, but it always reminds me, it, you kind of get this, you, you don't really see it if you're as a wrestling fan, but it's when you show it to non-wrestling fans. And I showed my wife uh, the Fiend entrance from SummerSlam last year where everyone had said like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing. And I told her, it's the coolest thing. It's one of the greatest entrances I've ever seen in my life. And she was like, the first thing she said was like, that, that head looks so silly because it's quite clearly fake. And she just like, she, every time my wife has seen something from WWE, she said like, I really want to try and like this, but the production is so bad, mm. I cannot get on board with it. And it might just be because of, you know, the, the, the job that she does and things like that. But it's, you don't notice it as an outside fan, but it's sort of like, as an inside fan, you don't really spot these things. But yeah, they, but it's when people get thrown off the roof and they do a really bad job of showing people going off the roof and don't really, you go, you go like, oh yeah, they don't know how to make movies like yeah. that. They don't really know. What do you mean? The, the Marine is a great movie. Uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think it's that. I think it is that thing of like, yeah, it's, there's just that little bit of filmic sense missing. And it's that same thing of like, you know, if you're going to, like, I don't know why it switched to being a match on the roof rather than being like a, before it was a it was a series of skits loosely tied together. That's why every every single skit ended with like ended with loads of people on the floor, and every single skit started with everyone is back. Yeah, like, there was no there was no point there was no continuity between any scene in this. There was like you know there was the bit where everyone had a big brawl, people got put through tables, etc. And then we come to the scene in the we get we get to that scene in the uh, catering, and everyone's just there again. It's like well, what about all the people that got taken out? Like they're Every at every point, it was. It's, but like we said, it's like wacky races. Like no yeah. one in wacky races is ever actually out ahead. They're all just in a line. <laughs> yeah. And that that is this was this was that match, and I loved it. I, I still think that's. I I don't think there's anything wrong with how silly it was, because uh, I do think it was just a lot of fun to watch. I just wonder why you would do some of the things you did and make them out like they're important and then not pay off on them. Um, yeah. Because I, I think there's also like loads of room to pay off on them. I think. Um, I wonder if there's foreshadowing in the idea that Alistair Black is the one to lock AJ in the Undertaker room because Alistair Black has now been thrown off the roof. So is Alistair Black dead? Is Alistair Black going to come back as some spirit of vengeance uh, looking uh, you know, after Baron Corbin for chucking him off the roof? Is this going to be Alistair Black's turn to become a supernatural style character? Hmm. Which it very well could be. You know, like they've, they've said... They've been hyping up in interviews very recently with Alistair Black, like the the kind of occult aspects of the character, and then you know there's there's not much beyond the imagery. So I wonder if they're actually going to go full, like we're going to turn him into an actual occult character now, and it, you know he's going to be into the dark arts, etc. Yeah. To answer a question, because someone just posed up saying, "Did my wife expect them to have an actual head for Bray Wyatt?" I just no. It's like, of course it's going to be a fake head, but it's the way that they film it 
makes it very obvious and very clear that it's that it's not real head. Like when you have a fake head in a movie, you film it in a certain way so that it looks real and you light it in a certain way so it doesn't look mm-hmm. so you don't expose the fact that it is just made of plastic. Yeah, it's it's uh, about it's normally less is more. Yeah. Uh right. Well, I mean, overall, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this show. You know, yeah, niggled yeah. aside with, with some of the main event stuff and, and some of the matches on the card. I actually had an absolute blast with this. And Bloody hell, it really helped the fact that it was two hours and 20 minutes long. Takeover length show. I thought it was really, and I thought it was so much better because of that. Would you, okay, so let's put it this way. Would you next year, if we're all out of lockdown next year, come money in the bank? It's a big if. Do you want that match again? Or do you want it to go back to normal? If I kind of want that match again. Yeah, I was going to say, if we're still in lockdown, then yeah. And to be honest, even if we're out of lockdown, yeah, because... Mm you've almost leveled this match up now and if you're doing it next year when everyone isn't in lockdown and you can have more employees there like you can film it during the day that just opens up to be even funnier because you can have people in their office just doing work oh yeah and like that and also but also like you know they've clearly established in this they've established in this match as well the idea that it's like corporate headquarters is where all the the you know um the denizens of the past also just happen to be there so you can do like a, it can be the guest spots from the rumble but in the money mm. in the bank match now because you can just go round headquarters having people pop up and have little skits and little bits i really like it and then you and then basically you can do the same thing of just have like a 15 minute prelude where there's this really fun scramble up the building get to the roof and just have the regular match and just literally but literally do like a proper full-blown money in the bank ladder match but don't do the doink spots because that was quite pants. On with the rest of your super chats, Rex Joseph, Rex Joseph Calmerin rather says that the cameos, food fights, slow elevators, toilet humor, diehard money in the bank was comedy, comedy for thirteen-year-olds. Mm, well, true. This 35-year-old did laugh. Um, Terry O'Jenkins said, I had a feeling Otis was going to win. Is he going to be built up for a year or challenge for the tag titles? Uh, that's what we were talking about at the start of the show. I don't really know at this point, but I'm excited to see. I'm less enthused about him cashing in on the tag titles. I'm kind of, I'd like to see this used as an elevation thing, even if he doesn't win. That still elevates him and puts him into a title match, which it, it does more, it's, it, there's more benefit to that than it does harm. Yeah, I wonder if it will be like uh, the swerve at the end of The Fiend and Braun Strowman. Like, you know, Dolph, uh, sorry, Otis comes in and steals the win there when you, when The Fiend's got it won or something. I don't know. Uh, Jobber JJ uh, over on our uh, support link, which is uh, available. You can find it there. Uh, says, sorry, couldn't watch the live stream, but Money in the Bank was effing awesome. My only problem with it was I was left wanting more. It was shorter than Edge versus Orton. The food fight was great. Asuka was great. Otis winning was a shock. And I don't hate the idea. Yeah, me neither, mate. And uh, Walu TV says Raw should start with a cinematic showing how Ray and Black survived. Love you guys. Oh yeah, I think I think we we need answers. Is what we're going into Raw, don't we? We need we need to know what's happening now. Uh, I want to know what happened to AJ in the weird room. I need to know what happened to Alistair Black and Ray. Uh, yeah, what's happening with Baron Corbin in the mirror? Yeah, Is Dana okay. Uh, Where's Shayna Baszler? Devante Lee says, uh, the Money in the Bank match was complete nonsense and I absolutely loved every bit of it. I guess they use the NFL rules for the briefcase where you can secure the case and have two feet down for it to count. 
um, score. Um, and OC Prophet says, I like Otis, but is he really a draw? Is that based on ratings? I miss the crowd uh, to help dictate who is truly over. Just pledged under Quoth the Reagan Never Ford. Great extra content. Well, thank you very much for the donation there, pal. Um, Otis is, a, the, you know, the, the, the storyline he did with Mandy was a bit of a ratings draw. Um, but also at the same time, Edge wasn't a draw when he won Money in the Bank. And that created him into a star. Mr. Kennedy wasn't a draw when he won. Uh, Jack Swagger wasn't a draw when he won. Damien Sandow wasn't a draw when he won. Granted, not all of those became draws because of how they were booked post, but Edge became a legit star off the back of winning money in the bank. So it, it, you're using this gimmick to try and create a new star. And I can't see what's wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a very clever mechanic i think we've discussed it at length before but like yeah it's a it's a way to make people seem important without making them the champion so you don't jeopardize the faces of the company mm -hmm. but you have something that is basically worth as much as a championship uh in terms of like wrestling law and someone could just walk around with it and it can be anyone and like that can really give someone the boost they need uh, Magnus says, two heels fighting over the briefcase and Money in the Bank falls into the hand of the babyface. That is weird, but a fun show overall. Mm -hmm. uh, King Sire said they should bring back Hornswoggle to explain Otis's luck. They should also give Otis the lucky moniker, hashtag lucky Otis. They might do, in fact. Uh, ben Isaacs says the most annoying thing is that none of the referees reacted to anyone get thrown off. They just sat there and watched it happen. Oh yeah, yeah, and and then and yeah, and then earlier in the night when people are like getting on the turnbuckle, they're like, "Get down, get down from there!" Like, and in this match, they're just like, "Well, he's gone." Well, um, Chocobo Kid said, "Now Dominic it's Black Friday all over again." Chocobo Kid said, "Now uh, try that again." Chocobo Kid said, "Now Dominic can avenge Ray's death against King Corbin." The way to bring mm. him in. Uh, Nate says, "AJ said he'd throw Ray and Black off the roof. Then Corbin did." How did Ray and Black get revenge on Corbin being on different brands? Same with AJ and the briefcase. These are questions I'm looking forward to seeing what we get on Raw tonight. Um, Flaming Live says Money in the Bank will forever be known as Murder in the Bank. Uh, Canamil Probabil said, hey, I got out of bed. Did you have fun? Uh, I thought off the beaten path. Michael Cole does a ton of hand gestures and I'm Italian. Loved the show. Four out of five. We all do, mate. We'll speak with our hands. Uh, Walu TV, what a wonderful show it was. A very nice belated birthday present. Happy birthday, Dan. Yeah, happy birthday, all, man. With all these circumstances, WWE created something special. I guess Otis keeps the briefcase for a while so they can build something up. Dan gets it. Uh, King Sire says, in my opinion, the music for the Money in the Bank opening, sound, uh, opening scene sounded very similar to the Bullet Club theme. Did you guys notice that? I think that's probably more coincidence than it is anything else, but I, I don't think I did spot that, actually. Is it because wrestling music is very generic? We did say that this felt like, <laughs> like royalty-free stock yeah. music, yeah. Well, funnily enough, they were using lounge music for the whole of a match of going through lounges. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Carrie the G Gilbert said Undertaker um, coming to HQ for AJ would have been amazing. Uh, Nerds says loved everything in Money in the Bank except uh, except for Stephanie. Question: Could MVB be creating uh, NOD 2.0 with Lashley and the rumors of Ricochet, Cedric, and Cruz? Um, possibly, but like I mean, you know, hilariously enough, we don't we often forget this. That is what the New Day are for. Like, that's what the New Day were created to be. They were supposed to be the new nation of domination, mm -hmm. but ended up being the New Day instead. So, um, yeah, maybe. Um, probably because there's 
some negative stereotyping in the nation of domination. So I guess, you know, the New Day were like, well, I don't want to just be heels. Hey, do you know what? Like WWE have told me in their rewritten history that the nation of domination was never about race, despite the fact all of their promos were about race. Um, Josen said, so ask you the first woman to win everything. If she wins this world title, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Although technically Bailey has won. She won all three belts. So, and, 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 you know, so yeah. Maybe. But at least she's won money in the bank and, uh, and a Royal Rumble. Uh, Bradley says, the Messiah versus the Fiend. Thoughts on that? Well, we already had that. That was at Hell in a Cell last year, and it wasn't great. Granted, they're different characters now, but yeah. yeah. But And also, they f- they finished that. Like, you know, they, they, you know, I think for the Fiend's character, it's a checklist, right? And we're working through it. So let's get to the end of the checklist before we, we go back and start the checklist again. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the subject of Wrestle Talk related, hey, Benny Sato, what a great guy he is, uh, says Smooth Chopper and Baldy Baby Andy Datsun. Uh, and it, uh, some other super chat, the Ryan one, Ryan B, or the bad one, Ryan D. Bad even, has said RIP Jerry Stiller. Yeah, very, very sad news. Loved his performance in Zoolander. Uh, and also Ben Isaacs has said, um, make it like the famous Attitude Era advert next year. I think that's what they were trying to do this year, but you're right, like, with more people being around. Um, New Punk Rant said the only thing I cared about was that Hooventude Guerrero reference. I popped and watched old Hoovy matches. Also, Lucha House Party with the MVPs. Thoughts on Hoovy? Hoovy's great. Hoovy's always great. Yeah, Hoovy is great. Um, Yeah, we didn't actually mention the greatest thing about this was them coming out with their Power Rangers uh, masks and uh, costumes of the White Ranger. Uh, And very lastly, Pavi let Andy out of a cage said, AJ should have been struck by the Undertaker's lightning, and that made him let go of the case. They told the story of AJ overcoming his fear of the Undertaker. Because you could have played into that being like, you know, is that real? Did AJ mm. just see that? Like, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot as well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.